all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Don't forget that your skin is your largest organ, and the sun can be your skin's worst enemy. Dermatologist-recommended Neutrogena products offer the ultimate protection for your skin. From makeup remover wipes to Hydro Boost Water Gel Facial Moisturizer, BJ's has your entire lineup of Neutrogena skincare products. And now through December 3rd, save $4 on any Neutrogena product at BJ's. Love your skin back and save now through December 3rd, only at BJ's. Unconditionally loved by God and that harvest. I come to him just as I am, but I won't stay as I am because the message I'm prepared to receive will make me more like the great I am. I am blessed and I am favored in Jesus' name. Look at your neighbor and say, this is what favor looks like. In case you wanted to know what it looks like. It looks like somebody that's been up, down, been through hell, been through the valleys, been on the mountain. But they still standing, and they're thriving. They ain't just standing. Baby, they're doing well. They're doing better now than they've ever done before in their life. It don't make sense how they're doing so good, but God has been good to them. He's been merciful to them. He's been kind to them. Look at somebody else say, this is what favor looks like. Hallelujah. Let's get right into the word. Hosea chapter 12, verse 13. Hosea chapter 12, verse 13. Uh, we were here on uh, this weekend. It says, by a prophet, the Lord brought Israel out of Egypt, and by a prophet, he was preserved. Uh, I said it to you another way. And by their pastor did the Lord bring them out of limitations, and by their pastor were they preserved. Egypt in Hebrew means limitations. I'll say it another way. And by their bishop did harvest come out of their past. And by their bishop did they surge. That word preserved there uh, in the Hebrew, it, 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 means, it, it means several things. It means protected, it means preserved, but it really means to complete something and to do it fully. So let, let, me, let me read it to you another way. And by their pastor, the Lord brought, say your name, out of every limit. And by their pastor, did they finally finish something well. Father, I decrease that you might increase. Speak to us now over these next few moments that we would move and walk in everything that you have ordained. Father, I thank you that I am speaking to people that are conquerors. And in fact, they are more than conquerors. Tonight, I declare they're ready to receive. I'm ready to teach. I've decreased, so you've increased. And now you're going to speak with clarity. And we honor you for it in Jesus' name. Somebody ha shout hallelujah. hallelujah. As you take your seats, I have two or three people and say, get past your limits. Get past your limits. Hallelujah. Uh, in part one of getting past your past, I turned your past sins and mistakes into an acronym. Y'all remember what that acronym was? 
painful, aggravating, and agitating situations that had transpired. And I introduced you to a man in Mark chapter 5 that had to get past his past. And we didn't know his name. In fact, he didn't even know his name. In fact, he didn't even answer the Lord's question when the Lord said, what is your name? His pain answered the question because the Lord looked at the man and he says to the man, what is your name? And the man's pain responds. You have to be careful when your pain responds to questions because your pain will answer a question incorrectly because you're not answering the question. You're answering so that you can get relief. You're not hearing what I'm saying. Uh, Jesus said to the man, he says, what is your name? He says, my name is Legion for we are many. But that was not that man's name because he says, my name is Legion for we are many. He goes from singular into plural. He goes now, watch this, in, in, into, uh, we could even look at it like this, of uh, the word Thomas. It means uh, double or Didymus was Thomas's the disciple's name, uh, meaning he was two minds about everything. So the man begins to respond and he says, my name is Legion for we are many, but we know it's not that man because one man cannot be a we. So we know that the we that's responding is the man's pain. So he doesn't see himself as an individual. He sees himself as his painful, aggravating, and agitating situations that had transpired. And there's somebody in here tonight that God says, you've been in this series, but you ain't got it yet. You've been hearing these teachings, but you ain't got it yet because you're still responding from your painful, aggravating, and agitating situations that have transpired. And so you're messing up current opportunities because you're responding with previous pain. You're not hearing what I'm saying. You're, 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 you're messing up the doors God is trying to open because you're trying to tell him why in the past it got shut down. But I'm going to tell somebody this is not that. And if you keep treating this like that, you're going to end up in the same mess you were in last year, the same junk you were in last relationship, the last... Shut your neighbor and say, be very careful. Be very, be very... Be very careful. So this man answers with his pain. He doesn't know his name. He just knows his pain. And we know that this man was stuck in his painful, aggravating, and agitating situations that had transpired because the Bible says he came out of the tombs, which means he lived in those painful, aggravating, and agitating situations that had transpired. It's one thing to be hurt. It's another thing to be hurt again by something that didn't happen. You missed what I just said. I said it so fast you missed it. It's one thing to be hurt, but it is an entirely different thing to be hurt again by something that hasn't happened. Bishop, man of God, sir, what is it that you are referring to? They hurt you once years ago, but yet you continue to hurt yourself again because you torment yourself with the memory and the thoughts and the why did I do this and why did I do this? I'm going to tell you yesterday is gone and ain't nothing you can do about it. You ought to stop crying about yesterday. You ought to stop saying I was so stupid. You know what you were, but guess what? That was then and this is now and if let the redeemed of the Lord say which means yes I made some mistakes but I got better yes I didn't do everything right but God gave me mercy yeah, you're not hearing what I'm saying I sure did trip and fall but I got back up again I sure did get knocked down but I found out that when I get knocked down I looked at the bottom and he was the rock that was at the bottom and I needed to get knocked down because I needed to hit the rock I dare you to look at your neighbor and say let that go so watch this now. The man, he comes out of the tombs, which means he lived in his painful, aggravating, and agitating situations that had transpired. And I'm going to tell you, that's the issue with your neighbor. Your neighbor's not even present in 2015. They're still stuck in 84. They're stuck in 94. They're stuck in 04, which is why they haven't made any progress. It's a different day, but the same them. Let me prove it to you. Because they answer questions the same way as if they're a victim. 
Uh They don't answer questions fighting from victory. They answer questions as if they're fighting for the victory. And so when you talk to them, you're not even talking to them, which is why it's so difficult for some of you to even find people you can have substantive conversations with because you're present in the day, but they're stuck in the past. You're not hearing what I'm saying. So this man lives there. Somebody say he lives there. He li- I said somebody say he lives there. He lives in the tombs and he's crying out and cutting himself. And I asked you in part one, why did he stay in the tombs? Because watch this. Let's just for a moment uh, walk a story out. This isn't necessarily what happened, but I'm trying to justify why this man would live there. Touch your neighbor and say, why did he live there? Let's say, for example, he had a relative that passed on, and so he went to the tomb so that he could now bury that relative and so that he could mourn that relative. All right, so then now I understand why he's initially there. Let's say he had a nice car and he didn't pay the payments because he didn't listen to his pastor when his pastor said, just wait a little bit, okay? And so now... So now he's lost the car, and so because he lost the car, now he's in the tombs because he had to give the people their keys back. Okay, let's just say he bought a house that he wasn't ready for because he was trying to buy the house to play house because he wasn't married. Okay, and so, mm-hmm, all right, whoops, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, okay, feel a little thuggy. Okay, watch this now. And so let's just say he did that, and so they took the house. And so now he ain't got the house because God ain't going to give you a house to play house if you ain't ready for the house. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me? Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me? All right, and so now watch this. So let's just say he's there because he lost the house. He's there because he lost the car. He's there because he lost the relative. He's there because he had a friend. Well, well, he thought it was a friend, but he didn't understand that friends and enemies look the same. You can only distinguish the two uh, when there's a shifting or a sifting in your life. In fact, wheats and tares look exactly the same. Uh, The only way you know the difference between the two is when the sifting comes. That's why Jesus said the wheat and the tare, they grow up together. And you do not know the difference between the two until they sift. Can I tell you the difference? One of the differences is that a tare is very stout. In other words, it won't bow like wheat will. Uh Uh-huh. So if you got arrogant, prideful folk in your life. Okay. All right. Watch this. Okay, all right, so they grew up together, and, and, so, and so he didn't know. He thought it was a friend, but he realized it was a tear because they look exactly the same. Yeah, they look exactly uh, the same. He did not uh, know the difference between the two. And so that's why he's in the tombs. So I understand why he's there, but I don't understand why he's still there after 30 days. But see, what do you mean 30 days? Well, 30 days is the biblical time of mourning. So I can understand crying about it for 10 days. I can understand crying about it for 20 days. Let's just be honest. Let's just neighbor say, you're a human, you're a human, you're a human. You shouldn't keep a problem longer than 24 days, but let's just be honest. We're human beings. Sometimes we keep things a little bit longer than we should. So the Bible gave us 30 days to mourn. So I don't understand why he's living there after what happened to hurt him isn't happening anymore. Are you still here? I'm trying to find out why your neighbor is still being hurt by something that isn't even happening anymore. I'm trying to figure out why this man stayed in the tombs because, watch this, the tombs represented the painful, aggravating, and agitating situations that had transpired. But watch this, it also represented the limits he put on himself as a result of the past. See, it's one thing to be hurt. It's another thing to be hindered. It's one thing to be betrayed. It's another thing to be boxed in. 
It's one thing to be lied on. It's another thing to become laissez-faire because you've been lied on. You're not going to say that to me. It's, it's one thing to have people, I can't say that word. It's, it's, it's one thing to, to deal with the past. It's another thing to stay stuck in it. So the past is over, but he's stuck in it. Check this out. It is like leaving a movie because the movie's over, but you're sitting in the theater watching the replay. Everybody else has got up, they've thrown their popcorn away, they threw their drinks away, they've done all of that, and you're sitting in there talking about, you know, what's getting ready to happen. Well, it's over, so now we got to get up, and we got to rise up out of it, and we got to shut your neighbor, say, it's time to come up out of that theater, Uh uh-huh. You've been stuck replaying your failures, replaying your issues, replaying your vicissitudes, replaying all of your drama. And no wonder you're mean and cantankerous to other people because I found out miserable people like to make other people miserable. There's a reason why some people, when you talk to them, you feel low and you feel down and you feel messed up and you feel like the life has been sucked out of you. It was because what they did was make you watch a replay of their painful, aggravating and agitating situations. That had transpired. Are you still here? So he's stuck in the past, but now he's hindered by it because he put a limit on himself. He says, I can't live anywhere but here. I got to live in the tombs because this is where I was hurt. So because this is where I was hurt, this is where I have to stay. That's why, watch this, it's, it's interesting because your neighbor, they, you know, I'm, I'm from the best your neighbor's bubble because I got I to gotta tee up for ladies night. Ooh, ladies night. God gave me the word for ladies night today. God, dog. I was driving down the street, and I said, Lord, what you want to say? He said, booms, talk about this, talk about this. I said, God, dog. Like, I almost wanted to just say, we're going to do late night tonight, and just, if you come on Friday, you come, you know. Touch your neighbor and say, well, I mean, if you ain't registered, you ain't going to be here, but just pretend they did register and say, I see you on Friday. I see you on Friday. We pretending, we pretending, we pretending. Now, now, now watch this, watch this. The past can inadvertently impose limitations on us, which allow our yesterday to control our today, which limits our tomorrow. And a limitation is a point or level beyond which something does not or may not extend the past. A limitation is the furthest extent of one's physical or mental endurance. It is now the terminal boundary of an area of movement. There are three areas you can experience limitations in because of your painful, aggravating, and agitating situations that have transpired. In part one, I talked to you about verbal limitations and mental limitations, physical limitations, but they all fall into the three areas. They are the three categories that we are as human beings. So you are a spirit that has a soul that lives in a physical body. So what three areas can you experience limitations? Spiritual, soul, body. Come on, talk. What? All right, first, so the first area of limitations you can, uh, uh, area of limitations you can experience because of your past is in your spirit. And I've taught you that your spirit, if we were to look at it from a physiological standpoint, would be your subconscious mind. It is the you that you do not know as you because it is automatically and authentically you. Ever had somebody say, I didn't mean to say that? That's not actually true. They didn't mean for you to hear them say that. They wanted to clean it up before it got out. But the authentic them did mean to say it that way. It got quiet right there. All right, all right, all right. Watch this now. Watch this now, which is one of the best things you could start learning to do is letting people talk. Bishop, what do you mean? Just listen. You sitting there. There's a difference between listening and waiting to respond. 
Most of us, when we interact with people, we're waiting to respond. We are calculating our response when what we really should be doing is listening because everything you want to know, if you listen, they tell you. Jesus knew Judas was a liar and a thief when he was interviewing him to be on his team. Okay, got real quiet right there. All right, so we can, we can develop spiritual, subconscious mindset limitations. Bishop, what do you mean? Have you ever, it's, there's, a, there's a law I've touched on before called the law of linkage. Anybody ever burn your hand on a stove? And any, anybody's burn on the stove been so bad that, that next time you looked at the stove, your subconscious mind was like, ooh. It's not like you sat up and had a conversation with yourself and said, what, say your name. The next time you see the stove turn on, don't touch it. You didn't do that, did you? No. Your subconscious, which is your spirit, it now has developed, watch this, a limitation based on a painful, aggravating, and agitating situation that transpired. So it says when you see orange back up, which explains why your neighbor is scared of their own shadow because since they had failure in the past, their subconscious mind tells them you might fail back up. But if there is no risk, there is no reward. You're not hearing what I'm saying to you tonight. Which is why there are certain trigger words that when people say them, you automatically link this to that, even though this ain't that. But a trigger word is now caught in your spirit and caught in your subconscious mind. So somebody might say to you, have a wonderful day. Leroy used to say wonderful to me. I was just asking the Lord. And then you'll spread confirmation.com. Listen, you ain't, you ain't that deep. You need to stay at your grade level. You're trying to get in stuff that's beyond you. The Lord leading me. The Lord ain't leading you. You can't even follow leadership. How in the heck is God leading you and you can't even follow instructions? He don't talk to disobedient people. Read your Bible. Lord leading me. No, he's not. You're deceived. Say amen to that. Y'all think because I ain't got the music box playing that I can't preach. Is that what you think? Oh, I'm, oh, oh no, hellfire, hellfire. Oh, no, it's coming tonight. Oh, it's coming tonight. Because no, I got to get you past your limits. So I got to preach you up out of this stuff. All right, now watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. Spiritual limitations, subconscious mindset. So somebody, somebody, somebody wears a certain, certain, uh, certain fragrance. Your subconscious mind, I'm going to come down your road. You smell it, you're like, hmm. Now, depending on where the last time you smelled that fragrance was, Depends on whatever your spirit says. All right, let me give you one final example. You prayed for something to happen, and you really prayed hard. I mean, this is one of them stank face prayers. Stank face is an urban colloquialism, which just means, you know, Lord Jesus, please do it. Lord, I mean, you're snotting. And if you've never stank face prayed, then you ain't never prayed. Do I have a few stank face prayer witnesses in here? Are you? Jesus, please, Jesus. Oh, God, Jesus, please, Jesus, please, Jesus. And you're just trying to get to work on time because you're stuck in traffic on 70. And you, 
in Jesus because if I'm late again, they're going to get rid of me, Lord. I know it, Jesus. I can't do it, Lord. Please, Lord Jesus, I give you my life. I give you my life, my whole life. I'm going to serve you. I promise. I ain't going to give them no kind of trouble in the dream team. I ain't going to give them no country, whatever they ask, whatever, whatever they ask. Lord, you can use me, anybody, Jesus. <laughs> so now, watch this. So now, if what you prayed for didn't manifest, now, I, I ain't praying. So then you spiritualize it, just whatever the Lord wants to do. Because if I don't ask him for nothing, I can't be disappointed. Spiritual limitation. If, if I, listen, I can't miss what I never had, so... All right, all right, let me move. All right, next area of limitation, you can have limitation in your soul, mind, thoughts, will, and emotions. You can have emotional limitations. You can get to the point to where you should be emotional about something and you're not. And you can get to the point to where you should not be emotional about something and you are. Come on, ladies it's, uh, and men. Amen. Got it? There's some stuff you really should care about. But, but because you're so stuck in your past, painful, aggravating, and agitating situations, you're like, I don't Honey, I'm leaving you. Well, just make sure you turn them lights off when you come up. You don't even care. No, but I got to go. No, I really don't. Just, you know, text me tomorrow. I'm taking the kids. Well, you know, tell him his daddy. I, I love him. But watch this. Because of his painful, aggravating, agitating situation that transpired, he has an immunity to extra. Yeah, y'all, y'all. Amen. Y'all don't want this kind of teacher. Y'all just want to be told how the Lord's going to do everything and you ain't got to do nothing. But well, that ain't the book. So, okay, so, so you can develop, uh, your conscious mind can develop limitations where you will talk yourself out of what you should have talked yourself into and you will talk yourself into what you should have talked yourself out of. Have you ever noticed in your day how you have seven different opinions about the same thing? You command it, see, you get ready to command your day. So about, on Thursday, you're going to feel good about Thursday going into it. Until something little something happens that sets, uh, and, oh God, see, I just, oh my God, oh God, just why I'm gonna cheat, oh my God, oh my God, you know. And so you're gonna do all of this, and you're gonna, I have all these issues now. Watch this, and then you're gonna shift back, because then you're gonna be like, but wait a minute, Bishop said I'm getting past my past. Hey, glory, hey, glory, hey, glory. And, all right, and then, and then come about lunchtime, somebody gonna come around your cubicle. Satan's gonna send somebody on two legs to come sow a seed into your ear. And they're going to come and they're going to sow something into your ear. And all of a sudden what you were sure of, now you're not sure of because you didn't know how to not let your ear become a garbage can. And you didn't know how to not let your ear. You don't give your ear to anybody you can't trust your future with. If I can't trust you with my future, I can't trust you with my ear. And the way I know I can trust you with my future is if your fruit is jacked, no way in heaven, hell, or the earth, or underneath the earth, I'm going to let you give me your opinion about nothing. All right, so then you can develop, watch this, mind, thoughts, will, soul, soul limitations. Are you getting the point there? I'm giving you examples. Then you can develop physical limitations. We talked a little bit about that on Sunday. Sometimes, watch this, when you're dealing with uh, soul pressure, you can have physical limitations. 
And so you'll say to yourself, I just can't do it. I just, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do this. And then you'll make yourself tired and you'll make yourself stressed. And, you'll, and, and now your body, come here, uh, we got a lot of medical people in our church. So then your body will begin the process of oxidation. And so now you're beginning to rust from the inside out because you are now experiencing physical pressure from a, uh, from a soulless limitation. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, the question becomes, we ask this, what practical strategy has God created for you and I to get past our limitations? And I, and, and, and I, want, to, I want to replay the video of the bishops and I because I think you need to hear it again. Look at your neighbor and say, you need to hear it again. Uh, redundancy is the teacher's best friend. And what I've discovered is that the first time I say something, you know, I'm not a guy who really likes to repeat himself. And so one of the things that pastoring has taught me uh, and pastoring other pastors has taught me is that by the time I'm sick of saying it, that's when the people actually get it. So watch the video again. Watch this. Right now. Watch this. This is your bishop. Listen, we are in our series talking about getting past your past. And so we wanted to do a little impromptu video here in the beautiful city of Austin, Texas, uh, with two great men of God, two men of God that are going to be with us in our surge conference next month, which you need to get registered for. If you're not registered already, you need to do that today, not tomorrow, not next week, today. But we were talking about getting past your past, and the message I'm going to minister today is getting past your limitations. And men of God, one of the stories that's really awesome to me about getting past your past is the story of Elijah and Elisha. Now, Elisha was an ox herder, headed nowhere to do nothing great. All of a sudden, the man of God comes along, and he releases him from this past, which is just reproducing what his father had done, which was an ox herder, which was an insignificant job. It, it really didn't mean anything, and it represented that he was going to repeat the dysfunctions of the generations before him. But a man of God came and took that limitation off of him. Bishop Wright, talk to us about the importance of following your way out of your past. I, I think it's uh, really unique because... If you knew how to do it by yourself, you would have already done it. Right. So that clearly means you don't have it within you to do it yourself. So God knows that about you. Right. So he specifically assigns a man of God into your life. Right. So that he can give you the direction that you can't find yourself. It would be like you moving to a city you've never been to. Right. And expected to get somewhere without having the GPS navigation, without being able to use your smartphone, without being able to call somebody and ask right. them. You're just supposed to figure out how to do it. It doesn't work. Right. You would never, ever make it. But when God sends somebody in your life who can unlock what you don't even know is locked up because you think being an ox herder is just the right thing to do. You right. think it's the right, you know, the yeah. next thing that you're supposed to do. But God sends people into your life. He assigns a man of God into your life to say, guess what? That's not what you're supposed to do. There's something else you're supposed to do. But here's the key. And this is what you got to get for real, is that you can't do it, so you need to let who God has placed in your life unlock it for you so you can get past your past. Awesome. Bishop Thomas, it's not just Elijah and Elisha. You look at Joshua, Joshua, son of Nun. Nun in Hebrew means limitation, son of being boxy. And Moses comes along and unlocks this great general, this great leader that's in him. Why is having a man of God and following that man of God? Because it's one thing to have a past, there's nothing to actually follow it. <laughs> That's true. It's one thing to That's be true. a member of a church, it's another thing to actually participate in the growth of that church. Why is that so important for people to understand not just having a pastor, but following that pastor, following their way 
out of their limitations and out of their past. Well, I mean, when you think about it from a business perspective, even in business, mentorship becomes a quintessential mod model and module of being able to be successful at anything that we do. Right, right. Uh, all of us, when we were born in this world, what I like about it is that we were born without limitations. Right. When we were born, we didn't understand limitations or prohibitions or I can't, we touch fire, thought we wouldn't get burned. We right. jump off the top of a refrigerator knowing our father would catch us without any fear but it is our experiences over time that wow. caused us to erect walls and to put limits and boundaries right. on ourselves the man of <laughs> God good, coming dude. as the prototype of God himself when you look at him being God's prototype right. he's sitting in a different position than uh, we are right, and yeah. so he's able to not just call us out but to call us up out of our past right. one of the things that I think continues to add to the limitations is we're trying to get over our past instead of getting past our past. Right. <laughs> to get over it, we really believe that we've got to erase and eradicate our past up out of our memories based on even Paul's uh, uh, assessment when he says, forget the things which are behind you. We literally think that means that we're gonna catch some kind of amnesia or something, but that's not what it means. Right. What it's really suggesting is that we no longer allow the pain of our past to dictate the possibilities of our future. Right, and yeah. we get past those limitations. And so how then does, if you were to just share, I'm getting ready to minister the message in just a minute. Some of what y'all have said, you don't even know this. Some of what y'all have said is right in the message. I'm getting ready to preach in a minute. How then one thing you could give our congregation today about the importance of me as their pastor, following their pastor out of their past. Because I want to make it real clear and real pragmatic because for many people, this is new. A lot of people say, I'm just going to do it with the Lord. I don't need nobody else. I don't need nobody else. One key bishop, one key bishop that the people can, can apply to their lives to actually be the Elishas, to be the Joshuas, to be the Timothys, to be the people that break out of these limitations because the limitations came from bad past experiences. One key bishop. One very, very important key. And I'm going to tell you, it's, it makes the difference in whether or not you're successful. And that's that you are truly committed and not just compliant. And I'm going to tell you, the, the reason why that's important is because commitment is a heart thing. Right. So when your heart is truly invested into your man of God, he will be able to instinctively feed you. Wow, that's good. Because mm -hmm. he will instinctively know because you have linked up with him. People who are just compliant, they follow the rules, they follow the, the ideas, but they don't really get involved. And that's why even on your job, if your job feels like that, that, that you're just going through the motion, and, and thank you, that's the phrase I'm looking for. Compliant people just go through the motions, mm. but committed people have a heart investment, right. which changes the dynamic, and they can feed then from you. So I'm gonna tell you something: don't just do it out of rote habit. Don't do it out of out of be connected in your heart with your man of God, because that's how I believe the number one key for me is that you'll be able to get that unlocked for you. And when you say heart, we know heart in Hebrew and Greek means mind. So give them, give them a way to do that, Bishop. And, and, and the primary way to do that is be careful of allowing other people to speak into your space, into your life that is supposed to be designated for him. Quit trying to get words and ideas, and uh, no, no, no. I, I just need I just need to hear from God, and and you thinking everybody else can do that? Can't nobody speak to you from God but your man of God? Wow. So quit no, no, listening no. to other people trying to tell you what you ought to be doing, because you know what? They ain't successful because they ain't been listening to their man of God. No, they no, trying no. to give somebody. It's like the blind leading the blind. 
My, my, my. Well, the man of God has spoken. Bishop, Bishop Thomas? Well, I think that one of the key pieces is submission. Submission just really being subjectiveness to mission. is understanding that God has a mission for their lives. And to get to that mission, they're going to have to subject to someone who understands how to unlock their greatest potential. Wow, I like and that. there's I nobody like that. that can do that better than the man of God. Why? Because he was anointed and appointed to do that. And that's why, listen, you got to really think about it uh, from a simplistic uh, uh, way. I was riding one time in Houston, and I had asked several people in Houston for directions. And it's amazing how people who live in a place don't understand how to navigate through a place. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> and right, so right. I met this one guy, and everybody else was giving me pointed directions, saying, go this way, go that way, and I found myself getting more and more lost. Right. Until I came across a man at a gas station, and he said, I'm going that way, and I'll show you. Follow me. Man, Glory look at him, look at him. And when I got behind that man, Follow I would have still got to my destination, but it would have took me twice as long if I didn't have somebody to follow. To follow. Oh, my God. I love it. I love it. I mean, now listen, it. Now, listen, this this, this trilogy, or, or the trilogy is the wrong word, this trinity yeah. of, of, of voices is going to be at the 2015 Harvard Surge Conference. Yeah. you got to get yes, registered for yes, that. Yes. We're getting ready to go into the message, getting past your limitations. While I was here, we decided to do a quick impromptu video getting past your limitations following your way out listen let's get ready for the word look at your neighbor say you needed to hear that again look at that other neighbor say did you get it this time all right good i believe it now answer go on and answer him go and answer him go and answer now if they say no bring him up to the altar so i can lay hands on him we're gonna cast that not listening demon out no i'm just joking. i'm just joking i ain't got time for that all right number one <laughs> point, no, the first point I gave you, and I'm going I'm to go now and give some practicality to it. I introduced it to you in part one. I'm going to give some practicality uh, to you uh, for this tonight. And the first point I gave you in part number one was follow your man of God. I told you that there is a biblical pattern of God using the man of God to get people past their limits by those people following their man of God out of their limitations. Now, this now is very interesting because it is, it is a very countercultural thing, but it is a very biblical thing. Say it's biblical. Now, it's countercultural because we live in a culture of I. We live in a culture of I don't want you in my picture. This is a selfie, which means I want to do it my way, how I want to do it the way I feel like doing it. And even if it don't work, I'm going to do it my way because when I was a kid, I never got to do anything my way. And so although I'm 30, 40, 50, 60, and I should follow somebody because my way ain't been working, I'm so committed to doing it my way, even if my way doesn't work. But I need to teach you there is a pattern in the scripture, and wherever there is a pattern revealed, there is a principle concealed. I'm going to say it again. Wherever there is a pattern revealed, there's a principle concealed. Say, wherever there's a pattern, there is a principle. And if you break the pattern, listen, you are not going to experience progress, which is for why some of you, the truth be told, although you try to speak life and although you try to speak good things and although you try to call things to be not as though they were, it seems like every step forward you take, you get knocked back too. It's because you're not following the pattern, so it's illegal for you to progress. I'm going to say that again. If you break the pattern, it is illegal for you to progress, which means somehow, someway, something must be taken from you because your progress is counter the pattern. 
You're not understanding what I'm saying. Which, which means, in other words, it can look like you're progressing. It can look like, I don't know, like you're surging. But then something happens to counteract that. And you're trying to figure out why did that happen. It's because you broke the pattern. And if you break his pattern, he will break your progress. Because I don't care who you are. I don't care how much you pray. I don't care how much you cry. I don't care that your mama was the president of the missionary. I don't care nothing about none of that. If you break the pattern, you cannot have progress. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you hearing what I'm saying? All right. Now, this has been God's design since the beginning. But there's one scripture that makes it pretty clear. It's Numbers 27, 16. You can write it down. I'm going to put it up for you. Numbers 27, 16. I want you to see this because, again, this might be oftentimes what people think the solution is isn't the solution because they, don't actually, they haven't actually identified the accurate problem. So if you give a solution to a wrong problem, the solution looks right if that was actually the problem. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So when you're limited, the problem isn't, I just need to, I need to exercise more. I just need to do this more. I need to do this more. I need to do that. No, you need to follow. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Preach, Bishop. Yes, sir. Numbers 27, 16. Let the Lord. Now, who doing this? The Lord. And, who, and look at how it is. It's what? Capitalized, which means that's God's covenant name. It's his actual name, which is Y-H-W-H, yud hey waf which means God is actually not God's name. You know that because I've taught you that. God is God's title. It comes from a 6th century Germanic term, the word gudan, which just means source or deity. So when the scripture capitalizes the word Lord, it is God's actual name. It is the equivalent of you calling your sons or your daughters their entire name. Christopher Michael Jordan, you better get in this room right now. Okay, that's what I came up with, all right? So, let the Lord. So, this is Lord, the Lord using his actual name, which means he didn't send nobody. He didn't send an angel. This isn't, watch this. It isn't man's idea about God. It is God's idea about man. And it's important to understand the source because if you've been in situations where you were taught, no, nah, you don't need to be doing that. You don't need to be doing that. You don't need to be doing that. Then you will think something's wrong with following when that's why your life is wrong. Y'all not go. I'm going to deal with that here. Uh, you'll think there's something wrong with submitting to leadership when the reality is that's why your life is jacked. That's why your money's jacked. That's why you can't never get a relationship to work because you are breaking the pattern. So, therefore, it is illegal for you to progress. So, you need to see that this is his idea. Ain't nobody trying to control you. You ain't got nothing to control. Ain't nobody trying to lord over you. Whose idea is this? God's idea. Now, if you'll get with God, I think Malcolm said it. I don't know if he said it for real, but he said it in the movie. If you'll get on God's side, then God will be on your side. Stop making him come into your rebellion. You come up out of your rebellion and come up over here. I'll tell you to shake your neighbor's arm and say, come up out of that rebellion. It's God's idea for you to submit. It's God's idea for you to follow. It's God's idea for you to serve. It's God's idea for you to come to church. It's God's idea. And if you got a problem with it, he got somewhere for you to go. Verse. Let the Lord, the God of the spirits, did your neighbor say, your spirit of all flesh, your, see, your spirit that lives in the body. You read the next part. Now, I could stop right there and deal with something for all these spiritual mothers. That's out of order. Yeah, that's out, I said it's out of order. It ain't in the book. She's a nice lady. You thank God for her. Say amen to that. 
See, I'm teed up for ladies. Ladies not just going to be, we ain't, we ain't singing. I'm just going to come in and just grab the mic. Let's get to work. Because I, I want the people of our congregation limitless. That's why I teach you the word. I ain't got no agenda other than seeing you break every limitation, than seeing you be the curse. That's my agenda. That's my motive. I want you to be so blessed that when your haters see you, they get mad. They start cussing. They start acting a fool. I want you to be the head. And that's my agenda. That's my motive. What's he getting at? I'm trying to get at you getting something. First. Let the Lord, the God of the spirits of all flesh, you read it. Punt at me. I'm the set man. Point at me. I'm the set man. Read the next verse. Read, come on, verse. So, so let me help you understand something. So when you see God do something great for your man of God, you shout about it. When God does something great for your church, you shout about it. Why? Because I got to go out before you, but I also got to go in before not hearing what I'm saying. Don't you ever let some messed up, jacked up mentality person turn you against your pastor. You ought to shout because when your pastor goes in, that means you are next. If God blesses your church, that means you are next. The book says, well, I got to go out before you and I got to get in before you get there. Read the next part. Who may? Who can do what? Who can do what? Who can do what? Who can do what? Out of debt. Who can do what? Out of broken relationships. Out of messed up family. Out of generational curses. And then he's going to do what? Into favor. Into the blessing. Into a Sir. That the be seated, that the congregation of the Lord, be seated, may not be like sheep who fall into ditches because they listen to witches who need some stitches. Say amen to that. A witch is a manipulator who tries to subvert authority. Why we got to do that? Why we got to do that? That's the witch. And she's. Say amen to that. You're going to be so blessed by the time you get to the end of this year. You're going to be so debt free by the time you get to. Your credit going to be so good by the time. And somebody going to say, how you doing? I follow. I don't know how he did it. I just followed and I followed my way out. Watch this now. So when you find your man of God, you follow your man of God. But most people have an inaccurate understanding of the role of the pastor in their lives. And consequently, they live limited lives because you don't get to break the pattern in order to experience the principle. So I gave you several examples. I'm going to go through them very quickly because I'm out of time. In the book of Exodus, the man of God, Moses, brought the children of Israel out of Egypt, which in Hebrew means what? 
limits after they followed him out. It was a man of God that took Joshua, who was the son of Nun. Nun in Hebrew means limitations or limits. When he followed Moses' instructions in 2 Kings, it was the man of God, Elijah, that brought the widow woman out of limitation. It was the man of God, Elijah, that brought Elisha out of the mundane and limited existence of ox herding. It was the man of God, the apostle Paul, that took the limitations of Timothy, who should have been a statistic, but he ended up being a world changer. See, here's what you got to understand. It's not about, you know, because some people confuse following with idolatry. Not the same thing. Following means I follow. If the instructions A, I do A. You got it? This is God's pattern. It's always going to be his pattern. If you die and you die messed up, it's still going to be his pattern. And when you get in front of him, he's going to be like, Lord, I just wish my life was more. He said it could have been. I sent you to a man who before I sent you, I made him so that when you and him got in the same room, it would be like John the Baptist and Jesus in the same room. When John got around Jesus in the womb, he started kicking because when he got around what he was sent for, he started coming alive. He was in the womb. But he wasn't moving. You're not hearing me. He had potential, but he didn't have progress. He had potential, but he didn't have any productivity. He had ability, but he didn't have nothing to show for it. Boom, when he going around the man of God? When he got around the reason he was sent, all of a sudden, life starts coming, and he starts kicking. And you're going to have to give an account when you stand in front of the Lord, and you can tell him all your excuses, and he's going to say, I sent you to that bishop for me. So don't tell me you didn't know nothing. You wouldn't go buy it. Because you thought a $5 value meal was more valuable than $5 in your spirit. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I can see. All right. That's fine. They're going to do it like that. 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 That's cool. All right. So, so, so you thought now that what you had going on was more important than what God had going on. And so you ended up missing what God had to say because you caught up in your own life. That's why the apostle Paul told Timothy, don't let any soldier get caught up with the day-to-day drama going on in his life. But let him aim to please the one that's enrolled and enlisted him in the army. Touch your neighbor and say, follow. follow. Touch your neighbor and say, I didn't really like their response. Say, follow. follow. It was the men of God in Acts 3 that gave instructions to a beggar that had been lame, which means he'd been limited from birth. And everybody else always had to carry him. <laughs> but when he followed the instructions of the men of God, he was finally able to do something he'd never done before. This man had never walked before, yet he went to church every week. Which means attending ain't the same as following. Coming isn't the same as following. Filling a seat isn't the same as following. Y'all not going to say nothing to me. Y'all not going to say nothing to me. Are you hearing what I'm saying tonight? Isn't that funny? Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. Then I say, are you hearing what I'm saying? Look, they said, and look at this, Acts 3 and 4. I want you to read it. One, two, ready, read. Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Go back to verse 3. Who's seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple? He started doing what he always does. He's begging for somebody to bail him out. And look at the next verse. And fixing his eyes on. No, 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 no. Let me go back to the bailouts. Go back. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Somebody joined tonight. Somebody came. Somebody was praying today. Who am I talking to? Somebody was praying today. 
he sees the men of God getting ready to go into the temple, and he asks for alms. He starts begging. He does what he's always doing, and so the scripture says somebody carried him there and somebody set him there. See, as your pastor, I'm not okay with you just being carried to the gate. You need to hear my heart as your pastor. I'm not okay with you begging. I'm not okay with you being broke. I don't know. Okay, y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. And somebody said, Bishop, I got money. Yeah, but you lose it because you're irresponsible because you don't know how to follow nobody. Are you here? Who's seeing Peter and John, he sees the men of God, and so he starts begging the men of God. So as your pastor, watch this, it has now been my job to not leave you in the condition that you came to me in. Which means whether you shout or whether you look at me crazy, I don't really care because it's my job when I hit this book desk and this, bo uh, this book board, it's called a sacred book board. When I hit this book board, uh, it is my job to deliver to you the word of life. And whether it makes you cry, whether it makes you smile, whether it makes you shout, I don't care what it makes you do. It can make you say, I feel good, and I knew that I would. At the end of the day, it's my job to get you up from being limited and begging. And to get you. Read it. Next verse. Next verse. And fixing his eyes, I'll read it real quickly. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter, uh, with John uh, and Peter, he said, look at us. Look what they said. Look at me. You're getting ready to learn how to follow you look at me, and you do what I tell you to do. Next verse. So he gave them his attention. Wait a minute. So to follow, you got to at least make sure I got your attention. And the reason some of you are going through hell right now is because God says, I ain't got your attention yet, so I'll throw another storm. I'll throw another storm. I'll let somebody else hurt you. I'll let somebody else walk out on you. I'll let something else be left up out of your life because you don't pay attention. Expecting to receive something from them. Verse 6. I got to move. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have. Now, I told you this in part one. They had money because they were going to church. Amen. So as men of God, they weren't going without an offering. Amen. What they were telling them is, what you think you need isn't the problem. I just need some time. To time to do what? I just need to do this. I 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 need to do this. You don't even know what's wrong. They said, what you think you need is not what you need. I'm going to give you what you need. Now watch. He's, he's paying attention. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Verse 7. Verse 7. And he took him by the right hand. Put your right hand out. I can't grab it. And then I'm sanitized after each one. I, I'm just joking. He took him by the right hand. Look. And he lifted him up. Stand up. Stand up. He grabbed him by the hand of blessing. He grabbed him by the hand of favor. He grabbed him. This was the hand that Jacob used when he He grabbed him by the right hand and he lifted him up. Wait a minute. Lifted him up and immediately. Wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait a minute. You know what that sounds like? Sounds like a And he surged immediately after he paid attention and he started following. Touch your neighbor say, you better get ready for this. Look at that other neighbor say, I think it might happen tonight. I, I, I think it might happen tonight. Be seated real quickly. Can I have five more minutes? Now, watch this. Watch this. He never walked before, but he surged after he paid attention. There's so many examples that prove this pattern, that reveal this pattern. But the few I've shared with you make it clear. Touch your neighbor say, it's clear. 
I could take you verse by verse, chapter by chapter. But the reality is, if, is, is that if you don't see it yet, you just don't see. Now, watch this. Watch this. God has seven primary ways he communicates with us. I've taught on in detail a message like discovering God's voice and in the series dreams. I've given them to you, and, and I want to get to this, and I'm done. The first, which is the rarest angelic visitation. Look at the neighbor and say, that's rare. That's rare. All right, that, that's rare. I saw an angel and had white wings. I already know you're lying. So just stop. You're making it up. You shouldn't have watched Netflix that late. Bishop, how do you, what do you mean I'm lying? I'm not lying. Yeah, yes, you are. Because uh, angels on earth appear as men. And they don't have wings. All right, so this is rare. Touch your neighbor and say, that's rare. All right. No, uh, the second, uh, uh, some dreams. Some dreams. You should get the dream series. Some dreams God uses to speak through. Uh, uh, God uses to communicate. And most of the times, so if you get the series dreams, I taught you that you, that is your spirit purging itself. And the, and the characters in the dream are character personifications from you about you. Need to get the series. Touch your name and say, get that series. Get that series. So you're talking about, I had a dream last night, and I just wanted to call and make sure you're okay. Well, let me just fix that real quick. If you were in the dream, then the dream's about you. So it wasn't prophetic. It was pathetic. Y'all ain't saying nothing tonight. Y'all ain't, come on, where my front row? Y'all ain't saying nothing to me tonight. That's all right. I brought my own. Give me some clap tracks. That's what the preachers do now. When ain't nobody saying nothing, they play clap tracks. <laughs> Be quiet for a minute. Okay, the next is through something or someone we least expect, like the Lord used, used Balaam's donkey. All right? So, so this is often when God uses someone or something to show you what you look like. Because a donkey in old King James, it was a jackass. Gets the message. Message! So God will use something to show you what you, that's why sometimes you get so frustrated with certain people is because you're looking at you. All right, all right, all right. Next, through life storms. So here's what happens. God uses storms. I talked about these before. The rain creates pain that leaves a lesson. The rain creates pain that leaves a lesson. Some people don't listen unless they hurt. We change when we learn enough that we want to, hurt enough that we have to. Look at your neighbor and say, how much more hurt will it take? Do you, do, do you really need more pain? Touch your neighbor and say, I don't want no more. 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 All right. Next, through prayer and worship. Prayer and worship is when, uh, this is often when God heals. Healings often manifest through prayer and worship. All right. Then the next uh, is through uh, your pastor. That is the Greek word, rhema, for word. When you hear rhema, say, when I hear rhema, I reconcile with it. All right, so watch this now. Don't let some out-of-order person get in your ear and get you distracted and unfocused. Check their fruit before you listen to their folly. All right, and, and let me bust this Christian thing, because Christian folk like to say the Lord is leading me. You don't even know what you mean when you say that, so you need to stop lying on God. You're trying to justify what you're doing. Say amen to this. I, I, listen, I don't, I don't, say amen to that. I got off a plane today. I was at the zoo. You know what they have at the zoo? Monkeys. <laughs> what are you talking about? It's a joke. Don't worry about it. It's a dream team joke. Don't worry about it. It's a joke. All right, all right, all right, all right. Watch this. 
Watch this. Watch this. It's so funny because when, when I talk to every pastor around the country, every pastor, they're all similar stories. Where people, they busy, busy, people say, the Lord said this, the Lord did, the Lord did, the Lord did. Listen, listen, if you can't even follow leadership, you're not led. You're deceived by a thief that has come to steal, kill, and destroy. Read your Bible. Show me a scripture that supports what you said. It's quiet. <laughs> lastly, and really, I guess, firstly, but lastly, in the order I'm giving it to you, his logos, L-O-G-O-S, which is God's written word or the Bible. When we read it, we reconcile with it. So let me help you. Anybody giving your, their opinion that doesn't point to the teachings of your pastor from the Bible is about to put you in a ditch. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Now, by the way, these are principles I've walked by, too, just, just so you understand that, too. Not that I needed to tell you that, but just so you understand that. All right? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yes, you, you, know why, you know why I got this takeover mentality? Now, I've always had that. I just, I'm just a, I just like it. <laughs> I followed, and, and, and my man of God is that way. You know, if we ain't come to cut ties, we come to take over? I got that from him. Now, I sold an offering for it. But when I heard that, that I said, God, dog, woo! Now, I paid for it. I didn't just take his saying and pretend like it was mine. All right, all right. <laughs> it's quiet in this church tonight. All right, all right. Now, Bishop, why did you give us that? Because I need you to understand. Touch your neighbor and say, follow. follow. All right, the second point I gave you, and I want to give more practicality to it, uh, was that follow the man of God's instructions to get past your limits. I said this to you. Unnecessary failure and limitation is always experienced when instructions are ignored. You can trace every failure to an ignored instruction. If you were to sit down and look at your life, just trace the instruction you were given. Y'all not saying nothing. You know, it's always interesting. Y'all have heard me tell stories. This Wednesday night, I'll take a little indulgence right here. You know, there, there's times where I've, 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 I've said to people, hey, you need to be careful with that. You watch out with that. And they just, you know, we'll do whatever they need. Say, okay, do you. You'll be back to say, Bishop, you were right. So let's put the clock on. Ain't failed in 18 years in vocational ministry, nine years as a senior pastor, nine years as the bishop. Not a one time. Not a one time. You guessing, I'm ghosting. When you do not listen, you remain limited. This is, this is so important. I know you think, I'm going to get past my limits by following. Yes, it's his pattern. You see? Somebody say it's his pattern. It's his pattern. Because watch this. Your, your courage to break free of limits becomes others' permission to break free of limits. Are you seeing this? So when you follow, and they say, how'd you do that? Well, I just, I, you know, be honest, I, I followed. How'd you figure out how to do that? I, you know what? I figured it out because I just followed. How'd you learn how to do that? You know, I didn't know how to do that. And they said, do it. And I figured it out. And I found out I had gifts in me that I didn't know were in me. Touch your neighbor and say, there's something locked up in there. And God gives you a man of God with the key. 
Bishop, give me a scripture. Fine. Amos 3. Surely the Lord does nothing except he first reveal his secrets to his servants, the prophets, the men of God. Here it is. Put it up so they can see it. Surely the Lord God does nothing unless he reveals his secret. That's your neighbor say, secret. Now, yours might not be victorious. Yours might be whatever your name is. But there are secrets about you God keeps from you that he gives to the man of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? All right, let me give you two more practical things. God only lifts you to the level at which you listen. God only lifts you to the level at which you listen. I'm going to say that again. God only lifts you to the level at which you listen. God only lifts you to the level at which you listen. God only lifts you to the level at which you listen. God only lifts you to the level at which you listen. This is why I just want the Lord to lift me. Listen. I want a promotion on my job. You know why they continually overlook you? You don't listen. Why would they promote a renegade? So you can lose money for the company? And then get mad when they dock your pay for it? Ain't taking my pay. You ain't stealing my profit. If you've never been a business, if you've never been uh, the executive, then you know decisions look different from the top. You know, they look different. All right, are y'all still here? Yeah. All right, all right. God only lifts you to the level at which you listen. So, all right, here's what here's here's what I want to do. Look at your neighbor. Say neighbor. neighbor. Oh neighbor. Oh, neighbor. Did you learn something? I want to go to one more place. I want to go to one more place, and we're going to close it with this. First uh, Corinthians chapter 4. I want you to get down, uh, start at verse, about verse number 10. And I want us to read this. I want to give you one more scripture. See, where there's a pattern revealed, there is a principle concealed. All right, so I'm going to close this a little different. I'm going to close this. Uh, I'm going to close this, and then we're going to pray and praise in just a moment, and then we'll be done. But I want to close this a little bit different. First Corinthians, First Corinthians 4 and 10, and I want me to put it up on the screens for you. If you're going to flip in your Bible, you can flip there real quickly. Here it is. That's Chronicles. Uh-huh, that's a good one, too, but I want First Corinthians. That's a good one. That's a good scripture, but I want Corinthians. <laughs> Corinth- they look the same. Now, I understand. They look the same, but, but that, ain't, that ain't. Amen. Listen. Amen. <laughs> you see how quickly sometimes the saints forget, you know? It's, uh, you know what's interesting uh, sometimes about folk is that they can hear the truth and then walk out and do something totally different to the truth they just heard. Uh, go down to verse 15 for the sake of brevity. Go down to verse 15 for the sake of brevity. Verse 15, verse 15, verse 15, verse 15. Hallelujah. All right, for though you might have 10,000 instructors. Remember when Bishop Thomas said he had people giving him all these pointed directions? And he said, but he kept getting more and more lost. <laughs> but though you have 10,000 instructors, the word instructors there means head slaves. Well, y'all remember uh, in the, t- in the uh, movie, TV series, what, Roots, what was that head slave? What was his name? The head slave. The one who got to tell the other slaves what to do, but he was a slave himself. Chicken joints. Was it chicken joints? Somebody said they weren't him. <laughs> Lewis got <Gossett. laughs> Okay. <laughs> All right. In other words, in other words, in other words, watch what the Apostle Paul is saying. Now, he's writing this letter to the entire church. 
He says, for though you have 10,000 head slaves, or though you have 10,000 people that are going to get you more and more and more lost, he says, you do not have many fathers. The word fathers means life giver. Let's just get rid of the word father because many of you got so many daddy issues, it's hard for you to even look at that word. So <laughs> say amen to that. For some of you, looking at the word is torture because you don't do nothing but see him not being there. So let's just not, let's just change the word. Doesn't ever say change the word. I know for some of y'all, fathers is equivalent of cussing you out. Daddy. Beep, 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 beep. So this is not even say it. So let's just say, don't, let's just say man of God. See, 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 see. So you got a bunch of head slaves, but you do not have many man of God. And make it personal. Say, my man of God. My man of God. <laughs> little baby, when little baby, when they talking, I saw a little baby when they were talking, and, and they were trying to talk about this little animal, and they were trying to talk about the animal, and they said the animal was their friend, and they wanted me to really know that the animal was their friend, so they said, that's my friend. <laughs> so, so, so do it. Say, so my man of God. Do it like this. So my man of God. Okay. Come on. Come on. Do it like they did it. Do it like they did it. Come on. My, okay. All right. Verse. For in Christ Jesus, I have... Watch this. Pulled you out of potential and taken you into realization. I've taken you out of possibility and from probability and brought you into the reality. I have taken you from nothing and into something. I took you from a zero, made you a superhero. I took you from the bottle of alcohol and gave you a bottle of anointing oil. I took you from his house and her house and their house and everybody else's house and I, and I got you in God's house. Paul says, for I have begotten you. You stepped into a whole new you. You didn't even know was there. Verse 16, through the gospel, watch this. Watch verse 16. Therefore, I want you to see this. Somebody say, follow. follow. Now remember, you follow your way out of your limits, right? Look at what Paul says to the whole church, and I want you to read it so you don't think I put it in your Bible. You read it. Once you ready, read. This sounds familiar from Acts 3, doesn't it? They said, fix your eyes. Look on us. He says, therefore, I urge you, stop looking at Jay-Z. Stop looking at Blue Ivy and, and Purple Dots and all this here. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. Stop looking at your crazy mama now. Stop looking at this. Stop looking at that. Stop. But look at the man of God I've given you. And what does Paul say? He says, follow and imitate him. Watch the next verse. For this reason, I sent to you, Timothy, who is my beloved and faithful son in the Lord. Remember, Timothy was one of these limited people who should have been a statistic. Because he's raised by Eunice and Lois, his grandmama and, grand, uh, 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 grandmama and mama. His daddy was nowhere to be found. And he was mixed. He was Jew and Greek. Which to the Jews, he was a dog. So now he has no sense of pedigree, no sense of background, no sense of identity, no sense of purpose, no sense of reason for existence, no sense of understanding why he's here. But then the man of God, Paul, unlocks a Timothy. Timothy didn't even know was available to be unlocked. And look at what he says to the church at Corinth. I sent him to you so he can remind you, read the verse for yourself, of my ways in Christ as I teach. 
Do you see this for yourself? Touch your neighbor and say, follow your way out. Touch your other neighbor and say, follow your way out. Look at verse 18. Verse 18. Now, some of y'all, a little arrogant. Like, I don't know how to talk to the Holy Ghost and read you before I see you. That's what he said. That's what he said. <laughs> like, I ain't coming. <laughs> like, I ain't going to be here. Like, I'm going to send a video. Look at verse 19. But I'm going to come. If the Lord wills. Jesus saying that would be a nice Christian. He said, and I will know not the word of those who are puffed up, but the power. Verse 20. For the king, come on, verse 20. For the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. Watch this next verse. I'll deal with that at a later time. What you want? You, you, you want to surge? You want to be blessed? You, 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 you want to break every generational curse? You, you want to be the first in your bloodline to do things that everybody else in your bloodline would never do? He says, so what do you want? Look what he says. Now, I can come to you. I can come to you with a belt. Listen, ain't nobody, ain't nobody, look. I can come with a rod. I can come real nice. I can come as thug bishop. And I know some of y'all, <laughs> some of y'all just wait for me to say certain words. You just be like, please say it. Say it. Say it. Lord Jesus, please let him say it. Lord Jesus, please, Lord, today, it's the third Sunday. Lord Jesus, please let him say it. Jesus, Jesus, Lord, please, Jesus, please let him say how oh, he ain't said it. <laughs> but you know why? Because it's real. That's what I'm saying. That's real. And I don't know about you, but, but I don't like people who, who play like they're so deep and spiritual and they're not real. That's what I'm saying. Be real. You knew when they cut you off, you didn't, you spoke in tongues. These that need interpretation. <laughs> now, I'm not, I'm not at calling everyone a cusser. What I'm saying is, is look at him and say, just be real. Paul says in the verse, what do you want? Shall I come to you with a rod or a spirit of love and a spirit of gentleness? Now, look at me. I want you to get this, Harvest. This is so important. If you're going to break free of every limitation, you follow your way out, and that's how you do it. And then you don't just follow. You follow the instructions. See, what you're in right now, so, so we, we started this series, and I told you that you were going to be tested with your past. How many people you've seen that come true? All right? Now, watch this. H here's the test you're in now. You're in a following test. And some of you got the following part down, but it's the following instructions part you're missing. Because you're asking God questions that he's already answered through a CD through a teaching. You sit in there, I just need a word, I need a word. It's 500 and some free words plus thousands of words in there. And you sit in there, I need a word. I understand it. It's like going to Sam's and saying, I need some big ketchup. Because, <laughs> you know, they don't, they don't sell a little small ones. You got to get the big one. I'm just looking for a big old ketchup bottle. Ain't nobody got, ain't nobody got some ketchup. Excuse me, sir. Where the ketchup? On the sign where it says ketchup, be 
big ketchup right there. It's a big ketchup. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Don't forget that your skin is your largest organ and the sun can be your skin's worst enemy. Dermatologist recommended Neutrogena products offer the ultimate protection for your skin. From makeup remover wipes to Hydro Boost Water Gel Facial Moisturizer, BJ's has your entire lineup of Neutrogena skincare products. And now through December 3rd, save $4 on any Neutrogena product at BJ's. Love your skin back and save now through December 3rd. Only at BJ's.